everybody to GTRTP, the LGBT TTRPG podcast. That's the Gaming for Trans Rights tabletop podcast. Uh, welcome back if you're a former listener, and if you're new, then welcome front. Uh, <laughs> my name is Leah, and my pronouns are they, them, and today I'm joined by my faithful co-host, John. Hello, my name is John, and my pronouns are he, him. Uh, our uh, faithful, sometimes co-host and excellent RPG player and enthusiast and and uh, seller of uh, <laughs> Ollie. Uh, my name's Ollie. My pronouns are he, him, zizem, and am. Should have said uh, uh, merchant. Merchant <laughs> of, of tabletop games. Would you like to peruse my wares? We're getting a new one tomorrow called Dead Mall. It's fun. Our- oh. Well, they've got to sponsor us if they want that to make it into the final cut. <laughs> um, and joining us, a return appearance, uh, the creator of not one, but two of the games that we've played on this show, uh, Weasels Are Illegal and Ships That Pass, which just wrapped up. And by just, I mean probably like a month ago by the time you're hearing this. And uh, uh, we have Ash Cheshire, uh, who's here to walk us through... Uh, Something that's a bit of a new opportunity for us is we are playtesting a a game, um, which I'm I'm super thrilled about. Uh, take it away, Ash. Sure thing. Hello, I am Ash Cheshire. My pronouns are fey, fem, they, them. And yeah, I'm really excited to share this with y'all. This is uh, this is actually the um, this is half of a full game that's in development, um, and the game is called The Echoing City. And this is the uh, the world creation or the city creation portion of the game. So this is referred to as foundations. And um, this is designed by uh, Avon and Adam McConaughey and Natalie the Knife. And um, let me just pull up the game text real quick so that I can give you a little introduction to it. Yeah. Whoop. I lost my window. Hold on. <laughs> Here we go. Um, all right, so I'm just going to read you the, the first part um, to give you the introduction to the game. So the Echoing City Foundations. The Echoing City is an urban fantasy game currently in development. Foundations is a system that will be used in conjunction with the Echoing City to create the city that the campaign takes place in. It can also be used as a standalone experience, parenthetical, like we are, uh, mm-hmm. or to create a world to use in another game. Uh, the game works best with three to four players, so go us, um, but can function with two or more. It generally takes around three hours to play. I think we'll we'll find that it might go a little bit faster just because we're all um, pretty seasoned at this kind of thing, but we'll see. Um, and you can, you can tailor the length by changing how many cards you use. Uh, so we'll be building a deck to represent the city, and we're going to build that deck one um, card at a time. The deck can later be used as an oracle deck to inspire, uh, to inspire character or plot. So the first thing we'll do is talk as a group about the general idea of uh, what our city is going to be like. Uh, Starting with aesthetics and a general mood or pitch is typically enough. Maybe you're going for noir, so you choose to have art deco aesthetics and an illusion of glitz and glamour covering a seedy underbelly. Solar punk plus flawed but loving animal creatures might lead to a hopeful and earnest city. Gothic ghost story might lead you to a mysteriously abandoned city on the other side of a magic portal. So we'll make these decisions as a group. Uh, If someone has a strong idea right out of the gate, that's a great place for us to start. 
Um, but every player should add one or two details to the overall feeling. And if someone includes a concept that you're not interested in, you can veto it and offer to help figure something else out. So we will start there. And then the next thing we'll do is we'll name the city and then uh, we'll go into creating the cards that will make up the city. And so just to give you some advanced ideas, uh, those card types are neighborhoods, locations, characters, and objects. So neighborhoods are the largest division of, of space in our city. Locations will be nested inside neighborhoods. Characters exist at locations and objects belong to characters or, or to a location. Um, so that's just a brief overview of where we're headed. Uh, so the first thing, what kind of city do we want to make? What's the kind of vibe of uh, the, the echoing city that we want to create tonight? Underwater oh, are, steampunk. Are we getting into it? Underwater steampunk. <laughs> uh, no, so, I'm, I'm open to input. <laughs> Underwater um, steampunk is a really solid opening move. <laughs> so I'm replaying Bioshock? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to yeah. make it too Bioshock. Um, so I th- it is the spookiest season of the year, so yes. I would like to lean into spooky. Yes, um, please. <laughs> yes, I would like to build a spooky city, uh, at least in theme. We don't have to go hard horror, but I mm-hmm. do want, like, spooky. spooky vibes. Some kind of town that is about Halloween. A Halloween town. <laughs> if yes, you would. <laughs> I, I loved Halloween town, like the Disney movies as a kid. Absolutely. I love them now as an adult. I, they I still do. <laughs> hold up. Except that last one where they changed the lead actress for no reason. Oh, only the ones in the canon. Just one and two. The um, Halloween Town High so, is pretty good. All right, well, D- Ollie is sticking their neck out those, for those Halloween Those were the ones with, uh, with Debbie Reynolds as the grandmother. Is that right? She was yes. like yeah. she was from Halloween Town. And, yes. Yeah. She, she yeah, was a Those witch. were great. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, there's that. There's the Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween Town. There's Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... Raccoon City. We've got a lot of a lot of good spooky cities to draw on. Yeah. Um, so I have. Um, hmm, let's see. Do, so does this game come with tools to help flesh out what the city is going to be, or can we begin with something as simple as you know, I want spooky city. We can definitely start with we want we want spooky Halloween themed town, and we can build from there. We can definitely okay. do that. Cool. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah. I guess the the other thing that I like before before I, I immediately am derailing us again. But um, <laughs> uh, the other thing that I want I was like latching onto was like ghosts um, yeah. for this. I like the idea of ghost city um, for spooky theming. Uh, so that is also kind of getting my imagination going. But I'm interested to see what tools this uh, system has. So like let's let's go let's go in vague and see. Absolutely. What we can I also. Um, I also... Oh, sorry. You got uh, just nope. up top, I want to name drop Piranesi and his, like, these very, like, fever dream kind of impossible architectural things uh, that play mm. with scale. And, I mean, it, it is mainly scale, but, and, and like, gravity in a very interesting way. Um, Piranesi. Is he the one that uh, did those, like, enormous, uh, like, the architectural drawings of hell that yeah. were like gr- gigantic, like larger than life prisons. Yes, and we both heard oh. of him because Jacob Geller talked about him in one of yeah, his videos. <laughs> sure did. Hell yeah. 
anyway, but uh, yeah, that's great. I I, I love that. I, I love those ideas already. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so a Halloween town with um some ghosts and spooky vibes, and there's a bit of topsy turvy sort of the normal rules don't apply here kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. Love it. All right. Um, I'm putting a moratorium on the word non-Euclidean. I love that word. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different kind of of. Uh, that's that's more like an eldritch, right? That would be yeah. heading in that yes. sort of direction. It just yeah, so means we're... not on a grid. Okay, but what if I <laughs> specify? Yeah. too delicate for man. No right what angles. What if I specify hyperbolic plane? <laughs> well, so one of my f- favorite. Uh, gradients that I can't even describe. <laughs> Color is never before seen by man. Color you've never seen. <laughs> it's it's magenta. Okay, terrifying. Well, since I Halloween is coming up, um, I think there is a scale, and I think uh, uh, oh, shit. What's the thought slimes? Mildred. Mildred from Thought Slime has created a spectrum of Nicolas Cage movies from Mandy, which is absolutely incredible Nicolas Cage horror, (laughs) and The Color Out of Space, which is just unhinged bullshit. And when I watched it by myself, uh, because Rebecca, my wife, made the smart decision not to stay and watch it with me, um, uh, in my head I was like, it sounds like Nicolas Cage is improving a lot of his dialogue and none of the other actors are responding to it. Um, and then I listened to an interview the next day where they were like, oh, yeah, the director was great. He just let Nick do whatever. <laughs> okay. There it goes. So, worth a watch. Uh, so many trigger warnings. Look up a lot of it. Just, if you're triggered <laughs> like by that. literally anything, I'd say take a look first uh, at the, what, Consumer Digest. What do people use now for that? Um, There's a, just a dog die. Okay. Oh, that's a pretty good one. It's probably better than my tactic of just searching Twitter. No, that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, all right. I gosh, the tangents on this one. <laughs> Halloween all right, and Nicholas Cage. So. That's that's the magic of editing. This is my problem. <laughs> okay, so we have this Eat wonderful. It, future John. <laughs> that's right. So we have this wonderful concept. Uh, we need to name our city. Okay. Um, do we like Halloween? We've been referring to it as Halloween Town. I would um, like to steer away from explicit mm-hmm. Halloween e stuff. Like, I don't want this to be a Halloween TM town. I want sure. this to be. Uh, I want this to be its own IP. Yeah, um, we have to like, be. Able I'm to imagining copy something this. in the name, like maybe maybe playing on the the double meanings of the word fall. Um, like, oh. uh, you know, something kind of like that. We could lean into sort of the fall, uh, late season kind of words I'm, maybe that's cool um, um okay not, not gravity not so, gravity i know i was just thinking like the way that gravity falls plays on it and then they <laughs> play additionally on the the idea of falls being often like waterfalls or whatever mm-hmm. um that's so, a perfect name um, um so something uh, falls see. if we want to be if we want to be uh boring but functional it would be a name so it could be like miller uh, like miller's fall or something. Grover's um, Falls. Or what? Grover. Uh, something is Grover's Corners. That gets thrown out as like the small town in every like piece of media is Grover's Corners. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. Oh, that, that, little... that sounds about right. Um, this is a little on the nose, but what about something like Dark or Twilight Darkness Falls? Falls? I, mean, I Twilight really like Falls Twilight Falls. Kind of leaning Falls. into, again, that sort of like... Mm. 
that sort of like again kind of gloomy spooky but not specifically what about um so i like twilight uh i like twilight and i like falls but i don't think those are two great tastes that taste great together cool um uh for me like if if we wanted to go with Twilight, I think that there's some like more evocative um, suffixes and like town names. Uh, that I can feel be... like Twilight Town is like a Kingdom Hearts <laughs> location. Big is time. that true? Uh, so the word cone Twilight... just occurred to me, which also Ooh. carries in the water kind of thing that we were talking about. I what like is, Cove. Um, Cove? Twilight Cove? Twilight Cove? Ooh. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. Fully I'm... on board with Twilight Cove. I'm also on board with Twilight Cove. Okay, let's do Twilight Cove. The postcards alone. <laughs> okay, our town and name you're, is. You're going to get your underwater Cove. stuff, Leah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, Twilight Cove. Ah, uh, the people here, they have that Twilight Cove look about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to uh, start taking turns. We're going to establish a turn order, and um, and we'll you know we'll just go in that order. Uh, and so, as you can see in the document that I've made, we have um, our cards. I've added them just as the name of the card and the number, um, you know, repeats. So we have four neighborhoods. We have eight locations. We have ten characters and five objects. So. Each of us on a turn will choose one of those. These are these all represent like open cards, and you will um, take that and define it. You get to create one of these things that ah. is in Twilight Cove. So the first card of the game will be a neighborhood. So um, does anybody have a, a, an, an initial idea? You can be our player one. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I mean, I, I feel like this is all coming together perfectly for me because, like, the wharfs, the mm-hmm. the nice. the place where all of the industrial fishing happens, uh, or ghost fishing or something, because this is a ghosty town, and well, how do we make it spooky? Wharf is already spookier than, like, docks, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if we want to steal straight from ha- uh, Halloween Horror Nights... Um, oh, yeah. I, Dead Man's Wharf was my favorite. Uh, oh, right. Was my favorite haunted house this year. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Or we can steal from a combination of Go Ask Alice, the worst book ever mm-hmm. written, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, can you call Paul Freak Wharf. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say and Paul F. Tompkins because he has Paul that F. incredible. Will be so proud. He has an album called Freak Wharf, and he ends the album with a bit about Go Ask Alice, which he was like, yeah, it's like if you stick a bunch of anti-drug 40-year-old men in a room and ask them to, like, write a book to scare kids off drugs. It's <laughs> um, like if the D.A.R.E. program just gained sentience and wrote a scare novel. Yeah. yeah. There is there is a pretty incredible book uh, that, uh, I mean, it gets really deep into the history of the person that actually wrote it, uh, mm-hmm. called... Uh, unmask Alice, and it's it's interesting. Oh, wow. It's also very upsetting and sad, though. So I mean, uh, take yeah, uh, t- So it's more fun to listen to Paul F. Tompkins talk about it. But yeah, she <laughs> says tomorrow they're like carting me off to the the psych ward, the freak wharf. It's like <laughs> we can't just she make just it up. It's got to be something like, yeah. they say. <laughs> I think I heard one of them say freak wharf wharf. <laughs> So yeah, let's call it Freak Wharf. The book that should have been written on a dare. (laughs) Alright, so our first neighborhood. The Freak Wharf. uh, Which I actually have used as a and d location before, too. A place called the Freak Wharf. (laughs) That's amazing. In deep with Freak Wharf. I like the the, the spelling. Two E's. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, possibly I, named I'm... after a local a local figure. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. It's P H. P H. Uh, yeah. P H R E E K. Very good. It's like how uh, Night City is named after a guy named Knight. Not right. Not or the Grand Chateau the is named after oh. named Grand. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Richard M. Freak donated yes. this wharf yep. to the city. Donated a wharf. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So um, let's see. So. Uh, quick kind of housekeeping for figuring out turn order and on my screen i have me john leah ollie does that match other people's yeah it's discord does it alphabetically it does it alphabetically oh perfect okay then um so uh in that case ollie would you like to go next and we'll just cycle through that that pattern i think that's perfect yes Beautiful. I think you're perfect. All right. You're perfect. You're all perfect. So we're perfect together. Do we also do mm-hmm. the adding detail stuff? Oh, yes. So there is. Thank you. Yes. We also uh, want to add. Um, so the first card, we won't do that, but this next one, we will. Okay. Um, awesome. Yes. I. So looking at the um, the details of the free port, I think we covered these, but I'm just going to jump back to the text uh, formally so that we're respecting the the uh the origin um so uh just to double check on our free fourth uh the first neighborhood um they are large portions of the city uh we came up with the name um so demographics i think we talked a little bit but um leah can you tell us a little bit more and we can all kind of brainstorm together as well um the kinds of people who live uh in that neighborhood who might we find walking down the street um and uh, we can also, um, these are details that can be defined along the way, uh, if you want to. Um, but uh, choose one of these and you can define it for us now, Leah, since you created the card. And yeah. then, Ollie, these are what you were just asking about, about those additional details that you add to other cards. That's what this list is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a real mixed bag. So you have people who work there and live there and they tend to not make as much. So you have your... your classic salty seamen who are not uh, necessarily fish people because that's cannibalism and i feel like maybe that's overdeveloping the mythos for how early in we are um, right, fair. <laughs> uh, but then also the wharfs are a place of coming and going and so people coming here maybe arrive via the wharfs so um there are john is laughing because i said semen I'm, and coming I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna die tell me more about the salty semen <laughs> I, I i heard it too <laughs> I was trying really hard not to not react. Children. <laughs> I was literally going to explode. Uh, I think I always tag explicit when I upload these. Uh, anyway. More. Do another. Do another. So you have the sort of temporary residences and nice hotels and things for visiting upper class people, the people that can afford to travel either for business or for leisure, uh, mixing around. So you have these, you know, yeah, that, that's the kinds of people. We'll we'll get into locations and stuff later. Does that sound good? Okay. That sounds great. I was just taking yeah. a few notes there, adding that demographic detail to the yeah. Cool. Has everybody got the document up? That way we can all edit it together. Yes. Yeah, I'm worried about typing because you'll have to edit all of that out if I do. I see. Okay. I'm happy to uh, to take notes while other people are talking, so you can just cut my audio and that'll take care of the, the clackety clacks if, if that's helpful. Oh, sure. So, that'd be awesome. Cool. Okay, Ollie. All right. Um, I think I will 
create an object. Excellent. So to start, the object is, um, we can, uh, you can take a look at the object information. Uh, objects are items of note in the city. They can be unique or mundane. Objects are a powerful tool for defining tone in your game, especially through their use and agenda details. Objects are defined by the following details. Name, what the object is called. Could be a proper name or a unique title, or just something more mundane. The use. This is the purpose the object serves in the world of your city. If a character possesses the object, this might be what they are using it for, what they've made it for, or something else. And we'll get to how objects become uh, possessions. Uh, there's Once we have more than two cards on the table, a new action will become available to us, which is linking cards together. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, there's also the agenda. This is the metafictional purpose the object serves. This could be a driving force of a story that focuses on that object. It can be specific or vague or just really weird. Uh, it also helps establish tone for your city. An object with an agenda of tragedy is going to have a very different influence than an agenda of to give a moment's rest or to bemuse its wielder. Mm. And then a description, detail about the object. Mm -hmm. It can be um, a physical detail, uh, your emotional reaction to the object or something else. Uh, and then the motif. Um, and uh, I want to take a second just to talk about the motif because it's uh, it's a detail that is available for um, all of the cards and that makes it a little bit special. And the motifs are ways in which you can represent the influence of a card on the story, even when it's not on screen. So it could be a catchphrase, a material that something is made out of, a sound or a scent, um, a small action or a facial expression. Um, so those give you some ideas of motifs for the different types of cards. Um, one that, that came up in a playtest that I was doing with Avon and Adam was um, a motif was a white fabric with a spot of blood. That was a motif uh, for a character. And it wasn't that it was something literally on him. It was just kind of, it just, it was just this very evocative kind of like, yeah, that's just sort of the essence of this character. So, hmm. All right. So I'm sorry, Ollie, to have interrupted you there, um, but I just wanted to uh, give a little bit more detail. How dare you go on a tangent that has something I to know. do with what am the I game doing? playing? The tangent has to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do better next time. I be about... My tangents are usually incredibly <laughs> tangential and not very <laughs> So you're going to make an object for us, Ollie? Yes. Cool. I think I'd like to make a plastic glow-in-the-dark spider ring. Okay. Very Halloween. And is there um, a detail that you would like to define about that now? Um, um, sounds like that is the name? Yes. And that, again, can be um, any of these details in the uh, the game text about objects. Here. I guess uh, the use would be ornamental decoration. Got it. Excellent. All right, so we now have a neighborhood and an object. So, so far, um, we don't have any cards that can link to one another. Um, but just as a, uh, a quick reminder, that is one of the actions that you can take when there are cards that can. Um, so, and in the game text, you can see it describes, uh, it describes which uh, cards can link together. So, um, objects link up to characters. Characters link up to locations and down to objects. Uh, locations link up to neighborhoods and down to characters. So when we start doing that, we can nest them in our document. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, how is a link created? What is that process like? Sure. So on your turn, um, there's uh, you can uh, take one of three actions. You can create a new card, which is what we're, we've been doing so far and what you need to do until 
card connections are available. Then, uh, on your turn, if you want to, you can choose to take two unlinked cards and link them together. And that would be saying, okay, so I've decided that this character I've created now uh, lives at this location or is in this location. And so it just it just moves those. So you start building oh, okay. larger groups of cards. And um, if, if a, a group of cards feels uh, like it's got everything that you want and you're happy with that sort of that neighborhood with its uh, locations and its characters and its objects, you can close a group. And that says, uh, you know, we as a group say, um, okay, so that that is now uh, no more cards will be added to this. That's that set is okay. So it so are the sort of like um, our locations not innately made inside of a neighborhood to begin with? Or, Correct. Or... Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that wasn't clear in the way that I described it. Um, all okay. cards are orig- are initially unlinked when you first create them. Yep. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and so what it does is, um, is it actually? I, I it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, slightly counterintuitive, um, yeah, design decision. It, it, but as yeah, we start it, to play, I think you'll find what I found. Um, uh, and I'd love to hear what the rest of you think. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that it kept my creative focus more on these things as themselves, and not as like, oh, okay, so this one already goes in there. It gives you a little bit of time to make those decisions, hmm. um, so that if something else inspires you, you're not locked into it yet. So, huh. okay. um, you know, so once a card gets linked in, it's then like that that kind of like, yeah, this belongs here now. This this is gonna we're gonna keep building on this, but getting a lot of those pieces kind of out on the table, and also, um, you know, as you take a turn. Um, there's also defining uh, a detail. Uh, so when you're uh, when you're making cards on your turn or doing whatever you want to do, there's also that adding a detail to um, one of the other cards. So keeping them unlinked allows for everything to stay in this very potential kind of space um, while we're tying them, you know, putting the details in and then things together. Uh, so linking cards can happen pretty much any time, and we will continue to define the details on cards that are linked uh, until they're, you know, until they're full um, and have mm-hmm. all of their details. Um, but it just, it just gives us another piece of uh, control over kind of being able to say, okay, this character was created very early, but we didn't really figure out where they belonged until almost the end. Okay, cool. Okay. I dig it. That was kind of long winded. Um, but no, I, hope, it, uh, I hope it helped. No, that, I think that that makes sense. It definitely like the idea of like disconnecting them from kind of like initial ties as, mm-hmm. as a method of like freeing up creativity, I think is like an interesting uh, like, uh, creative exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is definitely not the way that I've like built uh, worlds before. So I was definitely like, huh, that. Yeah, that's weird. Um. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this and show it to all of you, because this is also very unlike any world building system that I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it has this elegance in it that um, I didn't understand until I had played with it for a little while. Mm-hmm. This actually, this the system actually reminds me very much of a world building system that I played called uh, "Did Somebody Say Street Magic?" They they specifically mentioned that this is uh, influenced by. Did excuse me? Did you say street magic? Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say street magic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say? Yeah. <laughs> no, the title is amazing. Exactly. It's a great Just name. All on its um, own, it's an amazing title. I've, for a game. But yeah, I've heard about this it. like 
yeah, this like inter the the like the layering of like neighborhoods to location to character to object is very much present in that system as well. But it is it is also explicitly hierarchical in the way that it is done, where like you build a neighborhood and then someone picks that neighborhood and you build a location inside that neighborhood. Um, so that happens in a very much like that happens very much in a like branching tree kind of pattern where you have to where you have to like pick a tr- pick a branch and then go farther down it uh, as opposed to this which is more like free associative which is interesting mm-hmm. yeah they uh, uh, they credit they credit carlos arsenal directly um as mm-hmm. one of their influences absolutely brilliant okay cool um okay. all right uh, so it looks like it is my turn. Yep, sure is. And I am going to... I'm going to create a character. Go for it. This character is uh, a ghost, and they... It's a um, it's a woman. It's an old woman. She she goes by... She goes by Gran. Gran, um, okay. Yeah. And Gran... Um, one detail that I will add about Gran from our character list... Um, we have her name, uh, her pronouns are she, her, and her motif is the, the scent of candied violets. Ooh. And then I will add a detail to another card. I will, I'm going to add a detail to our wharf. Um, and I will define, uh, there was a historical event that happened here. Um, and it was, um, the, uh, so the description is a detail about the neighborhood. Oh no, uh, excuse me. Something that happened in this neighborhood in the past. It may or may not be known to the residents of the city or the neighborhood. Um, so this this was a uh, a carnival that happened on the wharf. It was uh, it was called the Seafarers' Soldier, and it was uh, about 150 years ago. I am delighted by that. <laughs> All right. So on to John. Okay. So I got something I've been I've been cooking. Um, so I I don't quite have a name for it yet, but I'm definitely doing a location. All right. Uh, and the location is uh, and the location is defined by um, I am envisioning like this outdoor area um, that uh, has the the figureheads from all from like historical ships that have been excised from their ships and are now, like, statuary. Oh, wow. Um, so I don't know if that is, like, I don't know if that's a garden or, if uh, like, or a statue garden, or maybe it's just, like, an alleyway where, like, or, like, it's an alleyway where, like, there's, like, you know, these, like, uh, figurehead sculptures, like, the, the mermaids and the, like, the mermaids and horses and women that would be on, like, the front of a ship, the bow of a ship, that are no longer there, but are instead adorning this area. Um, and I don't like, know... Like, not in, like, the 80s sense of the word, but, like, an arcade, and that it is, like, a row yes, of... Yes, yeah. ex- ex- exactly oh, that. Oh, um, is it... Maybe, might it be in an alley? Like, is it down an alley, and the heads are all kind of mounted on either side as you walk yeah, down the alley? The, yeah, head, and like, the heads or bodies. I was imagining, like, the full kind of, like, statues, right. but perhaps, like, worn by the weather, so some of them are rot. some of them are rotted and old, some of them perhaps more better kept. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I really like the idea of an arcade with these. Yeah, um, very cool. Like, this is, this is a location and this was, like, intentional. And you can um, put a fucking pot on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So an arcade with the figure heads of old ships ta uh, taken and now um, adorning the area as statuary. Um, what we call in this thing? What, what do we call it? Um, what are those things uh, called? The, the uh, mast head or? I I I was looking up. I think they're I, like the only name that I could find was. Figure Figurehead sounds is right. The one I've yeah. Heard, yeah, but that sounds boring. <laughs> um, like <laughs> I don't want Figurehead Lane. I, I want like you know something a little bit more romantic. Like uh, yeah. I, I want something evocative of the high seas. So I did just find a reference that uh, figureheads that depicted women were also known as Neptune's wooden angels. And there's something okay. very lovely about about that sort of uh, uh, angel something. Um, the the angels arcade. Um, is not there a way bad. to work the word petrified in there? Because they're wooden and they're mm. like the something of petrified angels. It's a little bit mouth. That's a little bit wordy. A little too wordy. But it's a ghost town. <laughs> Fair. Um, I mean, arcade of angels works. Angel Arcade, mm -hmm. Neptune's yeah, Arcade. Yeah. The I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, going back to like the the Alley of Petrified Angels. All right, that's got a vibe to it. Yeah, as long as it doesn't end up standing like a strip club or something. <laughs> Come on down. The Alley of Petrified Angels, and I think it's and I think it's known colloquially as the as uh, Angels Alley. Mm -hmm. You meet a guy and he says, Ah, oh, you might find that guy hanging around Angel's Alley. What a name. <laughs> you, you won't find no angels it, around angels those there. parts. Yeah. No, no, sir. <laughs> the eyes roll over black. Like a doll's. <laughs> I want to rewatch Jaws. Black. Like an action figure's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a doll's eyes? They're not dolls. <laughs> They're collectible figurines. They're collectible figurines. <laughs> that Hatsune Miku has been passed down from me grandpappy to me pappy to me. Oh my god. <laughs> now I... Limited edition it is. It's like, what What are those figurines called? That it's like the faceless angels. My mom collects them all. You know what I'm talking about. Precious moments what? or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's those, but it's just like a line of like just anime waifu figures. <laughs> <laughs> there is something incredibly unsettling about a porcelain anime figurine. That's good. Yeah. There's something really weird that I can't put my finger on where it's like, this doesn't belong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this should be high quality resin, not porcelain. Just like 50 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, Leah passed away. We found this wooden trunk full of antique porcelain waifus <laughs> from Genshin Impact. <laughs> uh, now the devil has taken them hostage and, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know how it goes. All right, and you have to add a detail, I think, to someone else's card. Yeah, yeah. A detail to one other card. Uh, I'm gonna add a detail to the plastic spider. All right. Um, object use agenda. <laughs> what is the agenda of this plastic spider ring? Mm -hmm. The metafictional purpose of the object. Uh, this should be the driving force of a story that focuses on the object. This can be specific or vague or just really weird. Um. Huh, it's going to be very different. In uh, okay. Yeah, so you can go really, like, 
little at an evocative like tragedy or mm-hmm. uh, yeah to bemuse its wielder or to give them a- hmm. interesting and then description a detail about the object this could be physical emotional else mm-hmm. um name uh this plastic glow-in-the-dark spider ring is uh named Harold. Uh, I think that is the name Plastic Woman Dark Spider Ring. Never mind. Unless we want to make that the description of the object, because it kind of does both. Um, but I think Ollie should litigate or decide. I'm okay with that mm-hmm. being can... the description. I'm just bad at thinking of names. Hmm. I can yeah, pick something Ollie, else too. You never um... could come up with something like Harold. <laughs> Then you mock my genius. <laughs> um, no, I think Harold's a perfect name for this plastic glow in the dark spider ring. Okay, let's let's just let's just give it to him, Harold. Who who named it? Why we don't know yet. We don't know. Okay, that's my turn. Okay, uh, two for two. Uh, well, two in a row. I'm also gonna go location. Okay. Um, I am imagining a very Dark Souls type place called the. Either the Yawning Graveyard or the Abyssal Graveyard. And it is a... Not ancient, but it contains like two or three centuries worth of the dead of this town who do not always stay dead, as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is built on this like geographic anomaly that is just a continuous like spiral into the earth. Um, oh. and the, the oldest graves are at the top. So to get to the newer graves, you have to like go past all of the old graves. Um, wild. Is it like a catacombs where like the great or like, um, maybe it's built a, into the sides. Yeah. There's a like a t- spiral yeah, a path like, down. Yeah. The, the graves must be like built into the sides of this place. So it's all in the walls. Yeah. And if you have like a family, That's cool maybe you've like spooky. tunneled in, like it's Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah. But the spiral itself was already there. They were just like, great, less stuff to dig to make these That's graves. cool and weird. I like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, would someone else mind typing it? I don't I have the clack. Oh, yes, sure. Clickety-clackety keyboards. <laughs> uh, tell me how you want that to be specified. Uh, let's call it the Abyssal Graveyard. All right. That's good. Edgy. Hey, I, got a, I got a question. Does this have a bottom? Or do people, or is it like... I'm thinking a bottom would be just too boring. Yeah, right? Like, uh, or I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, how... There might be a bottom, but no one has gone far far enough yet to see. Well, and here's kind of a fun thing. Maybe Mm. the bottom of it is water. But over the years, the water is receding and receding, and they still don't know where the bottom oh. is. As more people die, the water seems to recede to make way for the new bodies. I love that. That's cool as shit. Yeah. Let's oh, go. Wow. So that's, that is my description. A, yeah, a, that's perfect. An abyss that has been uh, not form-fitted, retrofitted as a graveyard uh, with a watery bottom, uh, which is <laughs> My Soggy Bottom Boys cover awesome. band. <laughs> awesome. Um, Even better, because this place is a geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that, rece- that has receded over time, but has not revealed the terminus. Mm. All right, my next neighborhood. It. My next neighborhood is the terminus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Am right. I joking? Let's see. And I had a, a detail to someone else's. So I actually just realized 
And this is uh-huh. this is where I I get to pull on some of my goodwill with Avon and Adam and uh, uh, to mm-hmm. a lesser extent Natalie, just because I don't know Natalie quite as well. Um, I I misread the instructions and I misremembered what I played. So the oh. detail that you add to a card when you create it counts as the detail that you add. So um, so moving forward, we'll do this a little bit more correctly. Um, if mm. you decide to link cards together, then you add a detail to one of the cards in the group that, that you created. Okay. Um, but otherwise, you just add the detail to the card that you've, that you've created itself. Okay. So, oh. so if you're, um, if you're yeah. creating so, a card and you're Leah, you're going to want to flesh out at least a little bit of it. So that'll be, yeah, that's the whole turn. The Abyssal Graveyard, here's what it is. It's brilliant. Yep. Beautiful. Oh, thanks. My world building is unparalleled. <laughs> All right. All so right. Over to Ollie. All right. I'm going to make a location. Um, okay. And the name of it is the Ruby Apartment. Um, cool. And now I'm going to decide on the detail for it. but um, Or you could detail someone else's thing if you don't feel like coming up with anything. I think it says uh, you're um, supposed to add a detail uh, yeah, to it a does, card it actually, involved if you, in what if you, you create. Do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the part that I misread. Was the detail that you add is on a card that's involved in what you did on your turn. Mm-hmm. So um, that's all right. It's uh, we're doing great. <laughs> we fixed it as soon as we caught it. That's the important. Mm-hmm. We didn't let this run unchecked too long. <laughs> no unchecked creativity here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the danger here uh mm-hmm. is going to be that um it's very cramped and overcrowded in a way that makes it like a fire hazard um yeah all right ruby apartments cramped overcrowded fire yeah ollie this is fun escapism not my real life (laughs) (laughs) okay so for my turn i am going to link two cards this will be our first time linking some cards so i am taking Gran, mm. and I am going to position her. She now is linked up with the location of the Alley of Petrified. Cool. Nice. And that's cool how uh, it's working in the Google Doc, which, listener, you're never gonna see. Ah. <laughs> right? It's really nice. We, we've, yeah, we've, we've been, we're doing little nested uh, um, bullet points uh, to hold the, the location. Okay, so then I get to add a detail to one of these two cards, because they're the two that I affected. So I should add a detail to the location, and I, I'm i going to add um, an extra. Uh, extras are what sort of people would you see in the background if you spent time here? Uh, ah. What kind of people shop at this store? Right, so the word extra is used in kind of a film context of like, these yeah. are these are just the, uh, you know, the the people that kind of make up the background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what kind of people shop at this store, eat at this restaurant, work at this clinic, play in this park? It can be a physical description or shared character traits. And so the extras that I'm going to add um, are um, uh, Graham's Little Angels. Mm. And they are um, ghosts of children. Let me know if this gets... Um, I'm not going to do anything... Uh, uh, unpleasant for the children ghosts, but if anyone doesn't want to ghosts of the child ghosts, murder of 1832 um, <laughs> no, that, that is good that is good you can be unpleasant with the children I went to a theme park recently so I have lots of ire to get off my so chest so you're, you're ready yeah um, 
So Grand's little angels are um, the ghosts of children who love to come and play on the statuary. Uh, I just remembered, uh, and Rebecca's in the room to hear me talk about this. We have to go to Six Flags because it's Halloween, and they do the oh, big yeah, horror thing, and we didn't get to go ah. on my birthday, so I have a I have a delayed Halloween ticket to cash in. Yeah, Halloween birthday, spooky birthday. Woo! Hey, I, I'm doing Rebecca's a spooky birthday old. thing. I'm doing a sp- spooky birthday thing too. I'm going to the zoo for Halloween oh, for a birthday present. It's not a birthday oh, thing, but the boardwalk that, like, you know how they've done the Dungeon of Doom before. They got phobia. Oh yeah, they got phobia this year. So I'm thinking about gonna going to see how that turned out. Dungeon of Doom was my first haunted house. It was experience. also my first, and it's just not the Dungeon of Doom this year. They just hired phobia. <laughs> All right. Uh, All sorry. right, that's what, my turn. What was happening? <laughs> And over to John. Okay, cool. I'm going to make a character. Um, let's see. So what is the character creation process like? Ba, ba, ba. So when I select character, what does that mean? Uh, do so, I... um, so you'll, yeah, you'll create um, a, a card and you can, um, you can define their name uh, and their pronouns um, as, as a detail. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit more about them uh, in their description, you're welcome yeah. to do that. You could also, you know, I, choose I guess... one of these other details to define. Um, and yeah. you could give us probably kind of like a, a placeholder in the name, um, like a, a, a name that isn't official or, or something mm-hmm. of that nature, kind of description. Yeah, I, I guess like in terms of like the mechanics of how like this world building game works, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm what is the what is the flow chart for? I, I wish to create character. Uh, it's, so it's like... I think it's... So I'm creating card. So creating mm-hmm. card, you start with putting a name, and then you add one more. And then add a detail to it. Yeah. Okay. So that... Okay, gotcha. So I start with a name and then add a detail. Yeah. I was a little bit confused because a name is listed on Name is one of the details. Yeah. So I'm like... Yeah, for sure. Is my turn um, just make... Is my turn just name a thing? Like, yeah. Uh, but okay. Yeah. I understand. Uh, okay. So... My character, my character, my character, my character. Well, I it definitely, they are a beleaguered author. Okay. Um, and their name is uh, Stephen Queen. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, not that. Uh, something with an ounce more effort to it. Um, how about... You're, you're naming your author the way J.K. Rowling would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not yeah, on yeah. this podcast. R.J. McElhinney. Yeah, R.J. Okay. Um... What is... My, my brain can only think of, like... This man's name is Horace Crow. Ooh. Okay. Very evocative. I'm going to put an E at the Ooh, very fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it extra, (laughs) extra spooky. Beleaguered author Horace Crow. (laughs) That's my turn. Sweet. Uh, I am also going to create a character. Um, And initially I was thinking his name's going to be Father Bone. But... (laughs) Uh huh. He's friends with all the salty seamen who are coming. Stop it. Uh, uh, but on a second pass, I think I'm going to call him the Ashen One. Uh, and rather than being like a priest of a normal church, he's like he is he's like a a priest, but of a more cultish fringe group that is sort of based around him as this like 
uh, not Christ figure, but like prophet, like a, uh, a, a he's like a prophetic mm-hmm. character. Yeah, I'm a messiah figure who claims to and might have you know certain certain supernatural powers that maybe can be defined by someone else somewhere else. Okay, so that can be their their secret, I guess. Okay, so the the Ashen One. Um, is the is the name? Yeah, is that something already? I'm gonna Google it real quick. It seems like that's. I'm sure it is, but you know we're having fun here. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Ashen <laughs> One is another fucking Dark Souls thing. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. There cool. you go. <laughs> All right, whatever. Naming it him, him, it anyway. Still better. Yeah. You know what? Is Father Do Bone it. better? <laughs> Father Bone's pretty good. Yeah, let's call him Father Bones. Yeah. All right. Father Bone or Father Bones? Bones. So people Bones. have to look right. a little harder for the innuendo. <laughs> and uh, you know and what? No, our, they don't. I, I like I like Father I like Father Bones singular. I think that that's all right. Father Bones singular then. All right. So Father Bones Bone singular. singular. That's his full um, name. <laughs> <laughs> Father Bones singular. Um, that's a good and uh, he him pronouns for Father Bones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, and we uh, we also um, needed pronouns for Horace Crow. Oh, uh, he him. All right, got it. All right, Father Bone. Um, and his description would be like the the secretive uh, leader slash messiah figure for a cult. We'll just call it a cult. A cult within Twilight Cove. We now have a cult and a leader. <laughs> Killing a lot of birds with just a couple of weird innuendo stones. (laughs) 